Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's the greatest bamboozlement I've ever accomplished. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Part two of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion just aired. I thought it was fantastic TV. Five stars all around. It was followed by the Winter House premiere, which I also loved. I love seeing all those hot people in the snow. What's not to love? And on the Beverly Hills reunion, you guys, I saw part one last week and I thought it was great. You know that. And then part two came around and I thought this whole episode's going to be filler. Filler, right? We all thought that. And it wasn't. It was great TV. There was a couple moments that I didn't really give a shit about. You know, there was the whole Rena package. I don't know if I was really interested in the Scott Disick of it all. But for the most part, I thought this was a great hour of TV. And we still got two more parts. It's an embarrassment of riches. And I'm going to be devastated when this show ends because this season has been everything to me. And there was like a long stretch, a long stretch of time in this reunion where Andy was just grilling Erica Jane. And I think we all saw the trailer for the reunion and we saw Andy going in on all these questions. And I kind of thought maybe they were editing that or making it seem more salacious than it was going to be. But in part two, I swear it was like he was asking question after question after question after question. He was like, "Uh, why didn't you leave Tommy Two Tones? Was he cheating on you? How did you pay for your new house? What about your Bravo paycheck? I know how much you make. Why didn't you leave with half? So you knew he was a liability. And he just went on and on and on and on and on. And you guys, I was, there was a point though. I don't even think Erica Jane could keep up with all the questioning. I feel like that was like some sort of smart lawyer move or something. I don't know if Andy sought legal counsel before he stepped into the reunion uh, set, but I really feel like he did something that maybe like lawyers or something do, which is just ask questions really quick. And Bamboozle was getting caught up in all the line of questioning. She couldn't even keep her head on straight. And neither could I watch it. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat eating popcorn, even though I didn't actually have any popcorn. You know, I started shoveling something in my mouth. Didn't even know what I was grabbing onto. But I was so invigorated in the show that was uh, being unveiled in front of me that it was just, you guys, I thought it was so, so good. So what a, what a hour, or what a night of television between this and Winter House. So uh, we're going to break down the reunion. We got to talk about Kathy and Kyle, the ghost of Big Cat that's looming over this program. We're going to talk about that line of questioning, Bamboozle Jane, the Rena Scott Disick of it all. Uh, and then after that, I have an interview with Ariana Maddox from Vanderpump Rules. I'm going to put that interview on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. So you can watch it over there. The audio was a little screwy, but you can watch the video if you want to watch the whole thing. So I'll play a little clip of the audio here on the podcast, but then you can go watch the whole thing. And then I also want to let everyone know I put out a bonus episode of Everything Iconic this week. It's a book club episode. So Dave Quinn, he just wrote the book on Housewives. It's called Not All Diamonds and Rosé, and it's an oral history of the entire Real Housewives franchise. So it goes into Orange County, Beverly Hills, Miami, D.C., Potomac, the whole kit and caboodle. 
the whole kit and caboodle. He goes into all of it. So Dave's my guest. We talk all about the making of the book, all the secrets. Dave knows where all the bodies are buried. We talk a little bit about the future of Housewives' favorite seasons. You know, we always talk about how there's going to be curveballs, right, for new cities, because no one expected Potomac to come along or Salt Lake City. I think those were cities that I, I, I would have never imagined they would do Housewives in. And so now, as we move forward, I keep wondering, what are they going to do next? You know, I would love to see a Chicago Housewives or a Las Vegas Housewives. Dave mentioned a Dubai Housewives, which I think a Dubai Housewives, I mean, come on, that would be fantastic TV. A Dubai Housewives, could you imagine that happening? Uh, I watched some of the international versions, too. I watched the Melbourne one. I love Melbourne, although they just sort of recasted a lot of it, but I still... Love it. And a lot of people always ask, how do you watch Melbourne? And I don't know what to tell you. you got to Google it. Because somehow my boyfriend gets the episodes. I'm not sure if it's the dark web or where he gets them. But somehow he gets them. Uh, and I sit in front of the TV and watch it. So I don't know where they come from. Maybe they fall out of the sky. I'm not sure. Unclear. Uh, but there are, is some way to get them online. And I just don't know what that is. But I love an international. So a Dubai house would be great. Anyway, if you want to check out that interview with Dave and then read the book, it's so good, you guys. I kind of had low expectations for the book. Maybe not low expectations, but I, I guess I didn't know what to expect from the book. And it just blew me away. It's so good. So check it out. Uh, shall we dive into The Real Houses of Beverly Hills? So we open on Andy had asked about the cheating situation. So Erica Jane, she told Tommy Tutone, she said, you need to divorce me because apparently he was unfaithful for years. He cheated on her with two women that she knew of. And then she had recently found out about another woman. And she said she was faithful. But I don't, again, I have more questions than I have answers at this point, because none of it's really adding up to me because she said he was cheating all the time. And she was telling him, you divorce me. But then she filed for divorce. And it seemed like she filed for divorce when it was convenient because if she f- wanted to get rid of him then and she was telling him, hey, you divorced me, why didn't she do it then? And it, I guess there was fear involved and maybe there was a power dynamic that she couldn't get out of at that time. And so she waited until it was the right time. I don't know, you guys, though. I'm not sure I buy any of it. I feel like we're being asked to buy a bag of bullshit and I'm not buying it. I'm just not. I, 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 it's not. It's not coming together for me. And I also felt like the other women. I think they were all in cahoots this episode in particular, because it seemed like they were all defending everything. She said, and they were all kind of like nodding and agreeing. And it was like everything she said, they're like, yep, that's true. That's it. That's true. You know, she's telling the truth. That's it. That's it. I mean, what's not to, what's not true about that? And I was like, you guys are just agreeing with everything and painting this picture. And we're supposed to believe she's a victim. And I understand she was saying, I'm feisty because I'm going through a lot. And that was the first time that whole thing made sense to me. Although, although, okay, so she's saying she's super feisty with other people and on social media and stuff, because otherwise, uh, she would just break down. And I understand that emotion. Sometimes we put the guards, we put the walls up in order to not crumble. However, after all your legal counsel and all of these people are coming to you and saying, like, what's the deal with your social media? It's not a good look. She still continues to do it. So it's like, are we learning here? Does that make sense? Are we learning anything? And should we maybe take in what other people are saying to us? And maybe uh, check it out a little bit, see if they're what they're saying is right. But I'm not, a lot of it is just not adding up to me. Now, Andy says she painted a rosy picture. And he was uh, showing some clips from previous seasons of when it seemed like all was good, you know, there's that one moment where she hugged him in that scene in their kitchen. He said something like, I'm proud of you. And she's like crying. She's like, oh, my God. You know, and then they have that awkward hug. 
that awkward hug, which was like, there was, I mean, back then, I'll, I'll never forget when we covered that episode here on Everything Iconic, I remember saying that was like clear that there was no love between those two. And people yelled at me. They were like, what are you talking about? Obviously, they love each other. He was hugging. And I remember saying it was the most awkward fucking hug I've ever seen in my life. And people yelled at me. And now look, we're knowing that that hug was a big bag of bullshit too. So look, I, um, I do believe that there was problems in their marriage, but I also believe that she just maybe turned a little bit of a blind eye to all of this stuff so that she could fund her career. That's my opinion. I'm sorry if that's mean or, or if you don't agree with that, don't yell at me in the DMs. Don't yell at me. But. You know, Andy asked her, he's like, you're on a hit TV show, you have a career, so why couldn't you leave? And then she says that she gave the husband all the money. So Bamboozle Chain gave him every one of the paychecks, which I'm like, why? And ladies, we need to talk about this. Not only do we not sign away our lives, you know, when your husband or your partner, your wife, whoever you're with, if they put a piece of paper in front of you, you need to read it. Just a quick once over, maybe just ask a couple questions. And when I had Kyle the Splits Richards on the podcast, I told her the same thing because she said, Mauricio sits things in front of me, I just sign it. And I said, Splits, what are you doing? What do you mean you're just signing anything? And then this should be another lesson this week to not give our husbands our paychecks, right? Get your own bank accounts. I always think it's best to have each a separate bank account and then a double one. That's like the double wabby bank account that you get your furniture, all your, your homeware goods. And then you have your separate ones for your individual items. That's my advice. And I heard that from, I think, Susie Orman. And you know, I trust Susie Orman with my whole life. I'd give her my whole life. She's the only person that if she sat something in front of me to sign, I'd sign it. If I see that blazer coming towards me with a stack of papers for me to sign, I'm just sign it. Because she's the only one I trust. And then with your paycheck, just put it in your own bank account. But she says the power balance was out of whack. And I thought, yeah, no shit. But then I don't understand not changing that not changing. She knew all of these issues, and she didn't try to change any of them back then. And then she was also still covering for this man so many times, not just uh, in the money situation, but also even with the doctor situation. There was this whole accusation when he's falling down the hill, rolling, tumbling down, like fucking Humpty Dumpty, you know, that story where uh, Tommy Two-Tone's falling like Humpty Dumpty down the end of the fucking well or wherever Humpty Dumpty fell into. And we're all just accepting the story. And she says, oh, wait, she took him to the doctor. And the doctor wanted to do this surgery. And she said, no, because he's got dementia. So she had to take him to other doctors. And some doctors said they wouldn't operate on him. And I'm just like, so you're recovering for this man. But I don't get why. I, I can't compute it. And I think maybe some of you out there are looking at this and you're saying, well, it's complicated because they had a lot of love in their relationship. And so she did cover, even though she knew he was maybe a bad man. But... Uh, he seems like such a bad man that if what I'm believing is true, that he's cheating all the time and that he's putting her in these uncomfortable situations and then I'm seeing her defend him in other sentences, it's all hard for me to believe. Then Andy presses her about why she wouldn't leave because she would get half. And she says, well, I would get half of the liability. And then Andy responds with, so you knew there was a liability. I have the no, kill. No. You guys, that was the smoking gun to me. That's the footage for the feds or whoever's dealing with this case. I don't know they're going to be watching this footage. All these reports, I think I read in page six, that they're asking for all the Bravo footage. And so they're going to get this footage. And you know those feds or whoever's watching that footage is going to say exactly what our Whitney Wilde Rose said. I have the no. 
chills. Whoever's watching the tapes, they're going to get the fucking chills. Because to me, that was it. When she says, well, I get then half the liability. He said, so you knew there was a liability. Andy, let's give him the mazel of the week again for that. Because he caught her red-handed. He caught her red-handed. But then Erica brings up, you know, she changes the conversation. She says, we've all seen the pics of Tommy Two-Tones with the black eye. And then they showed the photo. And I didn't, something felt gross about this to me. Because then I also thought we were trying to um, sympathize or empathize with Tommy, who we do know that this man's awful. And then showing him with the black eye, I felt like they were asking us to give him sympathy. I'm like, I'm not giving that man any sympathy. Like, fuck that man, allegedly. You know, I don't want to get in trouble here on everything iconic. (laughs) Everything I say here is alleged. Allegedly. I don't know if anyone's watching me. I feel like everyone's watching me these days, don't you? Matt and I, sometimes we sit in bed. We were just talking about something the other day. And we were talking about some towels or something. And then suddenly we get all these ads on our Instagram for towels. And I was like, who's watching us? I mean, are you guys noticing that happening more and more? And I know we got all these fucking robots in the house. I mean, they're all going to take over. You guys know how I feel about all these fucking robots, the series, Alexis, all of them. And I'm noticing more and more every time I say one thing, they're hearing us. So I don't want anyone to hear me saying something about Tommy Tuchel's being boozled Jane and arrest me. You know, we want to, everything's alleged. But uh, I didn't like how they were showing the picture of the black eye and everything. But that's when Andy's asking her all these questions. So we're moving really quick through all of this information. So I couldn't even keep up with all of what we were going through. But she did reveal that there were three mistresses. She confronted him about the two. But then she found another one and she said she grabbed the flip phone because the man had a flip phone, you know, because he's upwards of 80 plus. And uh, by the way, I love flip phone. You know, I was happy Adele just got rid of her flip phone, you know, in the new music video for a single. She got an iPhone and the one when she did that music video for Hello, she had the flip phone. So I was proud of Adele, Uh, which, by the way, I do believe Adele's over 30. She's coming out with the album that's called 30. And we do know she does say that she's a few years older than that. But I believe she's much older than that. And she's got an old soul. And I love that about her. And a lot of you had asked, you know, I had my Adele injury. A lot of you asking about my shoulder. I do have a tear in the rotator cuff or cup. Yeah, cuff. Um, so I'm going to see the orthopedic doctor later this week. So TBD. Still can't really move my left shoulder, but uh, we're live, laugh, loving through it. And I'm going to see the ortho doctor and see what happens. Um, but anyway, how did we get on that? Um, oh, so Tommy Chitun's got the flip phone. So this woman sends a pics of her uh, tits on the flip phone, which, by the way, the flip phone, it's not like you're getting high resolution. Who's sending naked pics on a flip phone? What are we doing with that? And that man's 80 plus. There's no way he could see that properly. He probably doesn't even know their tits. I mean, to him, looking at a flip phone version of someone's bubbies, you're not going to know what it is. It's just going to look like a blurry mess. It's like when you're at the eye doctor and you can't read the really bottom line. I'm sure that's what Tommy Two-Tones is looking at the tits like. You know, you can't see it. You can't tell. The resolution, what is the re- I mean, I look at photos I have. Remember, in, when I was in college, we would take out the flip phones. The camera phones were just a new thing. So you would either have to take out the digital camera with you, you'd have to shove that in your pocket, and then walk around with the big-ass digital camera taking photos, and then you wouldn't see them until the next day. Or you'd take photos with your little flip phone, razor phone, or whatever. But you couldn't tell what anything was. And so this man is getting some bubbies. And so Erica said she wrote this woman back and said, like, nice tits, bitch, or whatever. And as she tells us the story, she's cackling like Rena. She's like, so I texted her back, nice tits. <laughs> The nice tits, stupid bitch. <laughs> she did that cackle, and I was like, that, put her in jail for that. <laughs> I was like, lock her up for that. I mean, just hearing her say that, it was like, she sounded like such an evil villain, didn't she? 
I mean, that was when I really turned on her. I mean, I know all this stuff is bad, but when she did that cackle, that loud, <laughs> I swear you guys, my ears were bleeding. Just blood flying out of my ears. Just It was like just gushing out of my ears like a geyser. It was like, I can't, I can't do this with that cackle. And she's talking about the bubbies on the flip phone. And it was like, I, that put her in jail for that. Because if nothing else, that's what she, if nothing else, that's what she deserves to be in there for. Uh, so then, oh, we talked to Kyle, the splits about all of the whispers around town. And Kyle lies to all of us. She said, oh, I just heard little things, but nothing really special. Right? She was lying right to the camera because I do believe that Kyle had heard bigger whispers. But they were all sort of protecting Bamboozle Jane this episode. You know, like I said, they were all saying, like, she's right. Oh, yeah, that's bad. You know, they were all backing up a lot. But I do believe that all these women probably heard big lies, big little lies. Uh, and we know Bethany on her podcast, she had revealed that she heard all these uh, information. She had told Kyle the splits. She told Andy Cohen. So I do think, so when Andy's asking Kyle, like, what did you hear? And she's like, oh, just little things. No big deal. And I was like, yeah, you did, Kyle. You're lying to all of us. But I get it. I do believe, as I've said, Kyle, uh, she'll be here long after all these other people are gone. And I think that Kyle just sort of plays the middle ground so that she sticks around another season. And that's her job on the show. She's got to be the center of this all. She's nailing down this franchise. And so I think she just kind of plays the middle ground. And so I get that. I get that. But she was lying to her faces. And then we talk a little bit about the auction. We ask about the panties that were for sale. I don't, did you guys see this auction? I don't know if anyone checked it online recently. They auctioned everything off from Tommy Tutone's office. And there was some wild stuff. Not only was there this panty set from Valentine's Day uh, that was not Erica Jane's, by the way. But there were also like other random things, like a signed Aaron Brockovich poster and like ran and it was like strange stuff. And I have friends who bought stuff and I'm kind of mad that I didn't get something from my office. Uh, you know, Matt and I are trying to move, so we're trying not to get new stuff in the house, but I'm sort of mad. I'm sitting next to a Beethoven plush, like an original Beethoven plush from the 1992 movie. So I do believe that maybe I should have gotten rid of some things in my office and then so I could bring in more stuff from Tom's auction. Uh, how I'm not saying that I'm willing to get rid of my Beethoven plush. I'm just saying that maybe I should have bid on something because it is a piece of history. Uh, but there was a panty set for sale and it's not hers, but like, why was it at the office? And you know how I feel about this? I'm not trying to age shame. Okay. Because I do believe old people, everyone should be having some sex as they want to. But I will say for me, for me, I can't imagine being 80 plus and like being interested in like buying people panties and like doing it at the office, cheating on someone. Like at that point, I just want to sit in front of the television set and I want to watch a good documentary or I want to watch some housewives, whatever it is. I want to watch uh, reruns of the Golden Girls. Like I just want to have a good time in front of the TV with some snacks, some dips, some cheeses, a charcuterie plate. That's what I'm interested at 80 plus. I'm not interested in having to hide and lie and panties and all of that stuff. I mean, that's all for your 20s. I mean, enough is enough at that point. And last time I said that, everyone said I was age-shaming. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to... This is me. Me at 80-plus. But so he's got all this this lingerie. The negligees are all out, and they were all auctioned. And who wants to buy panties? I wonder who bought that stuff, too, because it's like, who wants old used panties from an old man's office? And then who are these women, too, that are just going to the office and sleeping with this man? I mean, he must have been paying well, because, you know, no one's going to do that for little money, because that's gross. I mean, I've seen pictures of that man, and that's disgusting, allegedly. Uh, Okay, what else? Okay, so there's this other photo that was released of Erica boarding a private jet with the Cartier on. 
She said she didn't pay for any of that. She was a guest. And he says, well, what about the optics of that? Then they show that clip of uh, Tommy Tutone's talking about that Pat Wayne Western story. I was in a movie or whatever that story was that we flashed back to a hundred times. And Erica says, look, he was just saying that on Luke. She says, I don't think he could tell you any of these women's names. He didn't know any of their names. He just told these stories on loops. And then Kyle chimes in, and she said something that was one of the craziest things I've heard on this reunion so far. She said her friend Jen, who was watching the show, her friend or Jen or someone had texted Kyle after watching that episode and said Tom had dementia. And I was like, this is insane. Like, who is this woman? Jen just was a viewer of the program. And then it's just texting her friend, text Kyle or something to say that, oh, I think this man has dementia. Now, that might be true, but it's absurd. And I'm not going to believe some strange woman named Jen that I've never heard from in my whole entire life. On this show, I've watched every episode. I don't know who this Jen is. What, I'm going to believe Jen now? Who the fuck is Jen? She's all of a sudden texting people and saying facts about this man's dementia. I'll listen to a doctor. Thank you very much. There's one thing I've learned from this pandemic is that we should listen to the experts and not someone named Jen online who's texting. I mean, come on, Jen, what does she know? Is she a doctor? No. Is she anyone? (laughs) I'm going to listen to this woman who's got, maybe she was a doctor. Maybe I missed that part, but I still don't know who Jen is. And so I'm not listening to Jen. That should have been cut from this episode because to me, that was like trying to make this uh, empathetic towards Tom and I don't want to be empathetic towards this man who's clearly awful to her and everybody. And now I'm supposed to feel bad because Jen says he's got dementia. No thanks, hard pass, Jen. And I got words for Jen, too. If she's listening to this program, reach out to me. Send me a DM, text me, email me, whatever you got to do. You reached out to Kyle, maybe reach out to me because I have questions for you, Jen. Don't know who you are. Don't know what your story is. I know everyone's got a story, but Jen, we don't know your story. So get out of here, this show because we can't listen to you. Uh, and it just seemed to me that was adding to everyone kind of like making excuses a little bit to me, to me. I didn't, I, I didn't understand that. Now, uh, we also get into the Erica protecting him by reaching out to doctors and how some doctors wouldn't operate on him. And then she says the doctor, the orthopedic surgeon said he doesn't need the ER. And I didn't understand any of that. I didn't understand. I really understood when Andy asked her about her song, though. That was my favorite part. He says, well, what about your song? You wrote these lyrics. It's expensive to be me. <laughs> that song which i love that i do love that song you guys it's expensive to be me <laughs> and when she just shouts the numbers zero she's zero 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 none she shouts like jojo and leave get out leave <laughs> Uh, but she's like, I'm not Bob Dylan here. She's just dogging on her own career now at this point because she's he's like asking, like, why did you write these really intense lyrics about being expensive? And she, I'm not Bob Dylan. And she at least knows her lane in the music industry. we got to give her props on that. She's no Adele. So go She wants us to go easy on her. <laughs> and Andy did not go easy on her. <laughs> oh, what else is going on? Oh, so did you hear when they brought up Carlton? Can we talk about that for at least 25 minutes? Carlton, the witch, who was on this uh, program years back. Everyone forgot about her. I never forgot about her because she, of course, put a spell on Kyle's iPad. That's my favorite storyline in all the franchises. And I love that Carlton the Witch put a spell on Kyle, the splits. 
And she comes up and Garcelle's like, who's Carlton? And then they have to explain it. Uh, but I do love, I do love that she just made an appearance because they often do flashbacks to earlier seasons. We see Kim pop up all the time. And seeing Carlton was just so unexpected to me. So unexpected. So I loved it. We get the Dorit package of her just like talking a lot. Like that was her big storyline this season was that she talked a lot. And there are all these rumors now that Dorit might be on the chopping block. And they're saying that PK is like her saving grace because PK, PK, baby. He's the saving grace for her because he's the one who's really got all the questions for Bamboozle Jane. And to be honest, I still think that they could just be friends of, right? Like, why do we need her as a main cast member? Because I would love Dorit to pop in and give us the looks at the group events. They could still have dinner with Mauricio and Kyle. We'd still get PK on there. I don't know that we need her to have a diamond. That's my opinion, because I don't know that she was diamond worthy this season. She kind of picked it up towards the end. But I still think that she could be a friend of, we could demote her, and then she'd work harder for that paycheck. I feel like she'd be even messier. And it would make her better, kind of like how Luann was demoted that one time, and then she was better that season. Sometimes these women need to work a little harder for their diamond. I believe that. Maybe that's not popular opinion. But I would like that to happen. Now, Andy, the he does yawn. He almost falls asleep talking to Dorit because he's tired. You know, these readings take a while. I can only imagine. By the end of it, Andy needs a nap. And then, uh, not to mention, he's got to go through Dorit's boring-ass package. So then he swallows a yawn. And she's like, am I boring you? And it's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> no shit, we just came from all this really interesting stuff about your castmate bamboozling money out of orphans and widows and divorcing the husband. And, of course, no shit, we're bored during your package, Dorit. Like, you don't got nothing going on. What'd you do? You made a dress. You made a dress, and that's it. So, yeah, we're bored. Andy's yawning because you were boring this season. And that should be a lesson to you. You should take that in, breathe that yawn in, and know that next season you need to bring it. Because otherwise, we're all going to be yawning for years to come with you. Okay? Years to come. We got to take a quick break here. We'll be back with more. I also want to thank Acast for all episodes of Everything Iconic. Go to acast.com slash everything iconic. And I want to remind everyone, wherever you listen to the podcast, hit subscribe or follow. So that way you can get all up-to-date episodes of Everything Iconic as soon as they're released. Again, wherever you listen to Everything Iconic, make sure to hit the subscribe or the follow button. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 
365-day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like, I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent, can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. So then we get into that diversity conversation. Dorit says she was raised with a lot of diversity. Then we talk about Dorit's new nose, or I'm sorry, her nose. And Andy asks if she got it done, but she said, why is everyone asking about my nose? Which is fine. Whatever she wants to do, do it. I support it. And I don't know that she lied. Am I implying that she lied? I am. I am. <laughs> I'm not saying she got a nose job, but I am implying it. Uh, okay, then we cut to the Rinna package, and we're all still holding in our yawns. Now, Amelia broke up with Scott Disick. Now, Scott Disick, too, did you just hear Courtney now is engaged to that new boyfriend? I mean, they're all getting engaged. You know, everyone's in cahoots. And so Courtney's now engaged someone else. And I guess I was reading Scott was like upset about it, but Scott was with Amelia. He's always going after these young girls. And now he's upset the mother of his children, who's age-appropriate for him, found somebody else. And it's like, yeah, Scott, well, you should be with someone age-appropriate. I'm sorry. Although I do believe people can be with other ages. I just think not. that's not an okay age to me. I'm sorry. Scott was like in his 40s or something. How old Scott Disick? And then he was with Amelia Gray. I'm sorry. That was not appropriate to me. Call that what you want it. Maybe yell at me in the DMs if you want. But to me, that was not appropriate. Then... What else? Oh, Lois, uh, Rinna's 93-year-old mother. She looks great. I will say Lois looks great. I don't even know what was going on in this Rinna package, you guys. I was sort of bored. There's something about Rinna's Instagram. It's like, that's what we're talking about now? I mean, all, again, all this interesting stuff with uh, Bamboozle Jane. And then even Kyle's got all this interesting stuff with Kathy and the mom. And then Rinna's package is about like who follows her on Instagram. It's like, what the fuck do I care that Florence Pugh followers her on Instagram? Like, I know it was like such a weird thing. It was like a whole couple of minutes about like who follows you on Instagram. And she's like Florence Pugh. And I'm like, does it, I mean, I know who Florence is, but I don't know that like the viewing, I'm sorry. We all know that Florence Pugh is sort of a movie star. You know, she's a big, she was just in the black widow movie, but I do believe like culturally, I, I don't know that a lot of people know who Florence Pugh is. I don't even know if I'm saying her last name right. And I do know who she is. She was in Little Women. She was in Black Widow. But I, I don't know that she's a household name, right? Like, I don't know that my my sister-in-law in the Midwest knows who Florence Pugh is. Do you get what I'm saying? My mother has no fucking idea who Florence Pugh is. If I were to tell her, she'd be like, who's that? Florence Henderson? Like, that's what she would say. She's like, yeah, I know Mrs. Brady. And I'm like, no, I'm not talking about Mrs. Brady. I'm talking about the third lead in Black Widow or whatever it was. Like, that, come on. 
Anyway, Champagne Poppy does still follow her. And I felt bad for Kyle the Splits because she posted like a near-naked photo. And she was in her underwear showing off the bubbies. In her underwear, she was wearing clothes. She was trying to get a follow from Champagne Poppy. And he didn't follow. He just followed Rinna. That's it. Then Rinna gives Andy some of Harry's sauce, and they all laughed about it like it was a Chris Rock stand-up set. I mean, we were all laughing. It was like... The whole stage was just cracking up about that sauce. Like nobody's heard, nobody's seen or heard or done anything funnier on this show than when Rena gave him some sauce, some jarred sauce. I go to the store every day and buy jarred sauce. I don't crack up when I'm at the grocery store getting the jarred sauce. You know, I pick up my Rayos, my Rayos sensitive marinara. I'm not having a laugh session, you know, the getting the giggle fits because I'm picking up some jarred sauce. It's like, what are they all laughing about? Somebody said, I think the big the big punchline was like, oh, you better send him a thank you, Kyle said. And they all just were like, <laughs> you know, all with their cackles. <laughs> oh, you guys. Yeah, I laugh on my I laugh at my own jokes on this show. So I can't I can't knock them too much because here I am laughing at my own jokes. But seriously, it was like the jarred sauce. Who the fuck cares? Anyway, I do want to try that jarred sauce, though. I, I did just make fun of it. And I did just drag the jarred sauce, but I would like to try it. So, Harry Hamlin, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I love you, and I would love to try that jarred sauce. Although, I'm not actually, I'm sort of nervous now because I just dragged it. So, I feel like now, if I were to get it, I'd be worried there'd be some poison in it. I feel like Rinna and the husband, they might poison me. Uh, they might put some uh, rat droppings in it. You know, they had the rat problem at the house. Who knows? They could put some rat droppings or some rat poisoning. Is that something that kills who knows what they put in it? I don't know. I'm not sure, but I'd be scared now. I did want to try it, though. Okay. Oh, so then this whole Kathy stuff, you guys, this was so... I hate that we have to talk about this, but there was this whole Kathy crying bit. <laughs> that sound effect. So this whole thing with Kathy and Big Kath, the ghost that looms over this franchise, and... It, what was most interesting about this whole thing, they played this package where it was Kyle saying she missed all this time with Kathy because they weren't close for about 10 years. Kathy was mad about the American Woman series. She didn't watch the series, but she did see the trailer. And I think most of us were like that as well, right? The audience, no one watched it. That's why I didn't make a season two. But we did see the trailer and we do know about it. Just no one decided to tune in. I think it was on the Paramount app or something. Unclear. The point is nobody watched more than the trailer, including the family who was involved in the making. Uh, and it was about her family. She'd still just watch the trailer, but they weren't close for a long, long time. And they got close again. And I love that they're close again. I felt whole myself. I got the chills, the goosebumps, all of it when I saw that they were close again. And I saw Kath calling Kyle Doogie like a Tootsie Roll. I love it. And I do get mad that Kath's not in the intro. As much as I love her just being a friend of and just having the role that she has, part of me does still want her in the intro. And I know I changed my mind. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I said, we don't need Kathy as a main housewife, but now I miss her in the intro. Uh, anyway, Kathy didn't like the first season, the limo fight between Kyle and Kim about the goddamn house. You stole my goddamn house. Uh, and Kath is the oldest sister, so she's the one in charge here. And she says, when her mom died, she can't even talk to the loved ones of her mom because it's too hard for her. And so Kath really had a connection with all of uh, the mom, with Big Kath. And so this whole thing, this whole show has brought up so many issues for this family. And I do think that they're starting to heal. But I could only imagine what it's like to go on a national TV program and talk about your family, extended family, when they don't want to be talked about. 
But the real thing that was interesting to me about this whole thing was when Kyle and Kathy were crying. And Kathy, she couldn't hold in her emotions, but she covered her face. And this is one of the most rare things I've ever seen on The Real Housewives because we know every time these women cry, they outwardly cry. They want us to know they put on the non-waterproof mascara so the eyeliner runs down their faces. We all know that we're not stupid. We weren't born yesterday. We weren't born yesterday. We need to be smart viewers. And so we know that these women, when they normally cry, they want everyone to see it. They want us to all know, look, they're crying. Look, I'm crying. Because they know that'll get them another season. That'll get us some screen time. But Kath, God bless Kath, because she didn't want any of us to see her tears. She was covering it. And that makes me think that Kath doesn't need this show. She is above this show. And she doesn't want to wear her emotions on her sleeve on this show. It just came out. And that's why I think it was a raw, natural emotion. Because the whole time she's in, and Kyle, you know, she's fine in her light. When Kyle was hugging her, I could see Kyle's eyes looking for the camera. She was looking, she's like, where's my camera? Where's the red light? Where do I look? (laughs) Where am I looking? And then Kath, meanwhile, had like a napkin or her notes or something covering her eyes and her mouth. Because Kath doesn't want to see people crying. Doesn't want it. Uh, but it was a good reminder for us all to call people, and Kath had said this, one of the good things that came out of the storyline was that it was a good reminder to call the ones that you love. And I do have to say, uh, I, my family had just lost someone, and my mom had called me and to tell me, unfortunately, this week. And without getting into too many details, uh, the first thing my mom said was just, I love you so much. And I think sometimes it can take loss without me getting too emotional. I think it can take loss whether it be lost time or lost life, to remind us all to go tell the people we love we love them. And so let this be a reminder too, when you get off on this podcast, when you turn off the podcast, go tell your loved ones or someone you haven't talked in a while that you love them because it's important. It's important. Anyway, they were all crying. I was crying too. I couldn't believe it, you guys. That was the end of the episode. I thought it was a great episode of TV. I got some tears. I got some laughs. I got a little nap in during the Dorit and Rinna packages. So all in all, it was a good program, a good hour of TV. Next week, we get more information about Kath uh, trying to give haircuts and dental work, more Erica stuff. Uh, we hear more about that unconscious story. And Crystal asks Erica, "What? why aren't you angry? We're looking for the anger. And there's like a little moment between Crystal and Erica, you guys. I have the no. No. So I to see that play out. So Beverly Hills, two more weeks left. I don't know how we're going to do it. Normally, you know, on this program, I don't recap the reunions, but I had to dive into the Real House Beverly Hills reunion. So don't don't yell at me if going forward we don't cover the reunions of the other franchises. We're going to pick and see which ones we cover and which ones we don't. But this one I had to cover because it's so good. And now uh, following this program was the Winter House premiere. And just briefly, I want to just say, I love the Winter House premiere. This man, Andrea, this Italian man, you guys, oh my God, you guys, I saw this man. What a panty dropper. Was it? Ladies, am I right? I mean, this man, you saw his abs. And Paige, I love how obsessed she is. We know in real time, Paige is with Craig, our Craigie from Southern Charm. And so she's with him in real time. But on this Winter House premiere, we're seeing how in love she is with Andrea. And I have to say, Craig, I've met him in person, and he's a much better looking person in person, I believe. I was shocked at how tall our Craigie is. And I don't, you know, I turned on Craigie this last season of Southern Charm. I did. You guys know that. I used to love that man. I loved his sewing. I loved all of it. And then I really turned on him because I think he hitched his wagon to Austin a little too much for my liking. And uh, Austin, you know, Madison, Madison, Madison. I can't believe I got to look at him on another show on Bravo. He's on the Winter House. 
But so Craigie hitched his wagon to Austin, and as it was, it wasn't bad enough that he hitched the wagon to Shep in the early years, and now he's hitching it to Austin. I'm like, Craigie, can you just not be with any of them? Hitch your wagon to Cameron or any any of the other ones on the show. Cameron's no longer on the show, but hitch your wagon to Pat, Patricia. Not Austin. Austin, really. And then he's on another show. Austin on another show. So I'm not happy about the Austin of it all. But I do love seeing Luke. Looks looks better than ever. You know, he had that hair for a while that I don't like. Now on Winterhouse, he's got the short haircut. You guys, Luke is a gorgeous looking man. He's a panty chopper. Uh, they got a few other new people. They got some friends of Paige, which I'm not sure if they're really friends. You know, it felt like they casted them all. And then it was like real fast and loose with the rules of this world. Where I was like, oh, this is my friend. And this is their friends. It's like, okay, the casting was like, get on in here. You're pretty. Come join the house. Uh, and it seems like it's empty. This reminded me of like Bravo's version of an MTV show. And I know it's only, they were only there for six days or something. So I think it's, is it six episodes? It's going to be a very short series. But it felt very MTV to me, a little upscale MTV. It felt like they're just going to be drinking a lot, hooking up. And I'm curious to see if it works with Bravo viewers, you know, because to me, this is like a real departure from the other things that Bravo gives us. It doesn't even quite feel like Vanderpump Rulesy to me. This feels like a whole new kind of genre of TV that they're trying. I like that they're taking risks. I like that they just threw a bunch of pretty people in the house. I like that they're making Andrea take off his blouse. That man, every time I saw him, he got a blouse off. And I love in Winterhouse and Summerhouse, they do this too, how they have that that camera footage of the nighttime footage. And so we see them waking up and putting on their panties, you know, and, and we get to see them without all their blouses, you know, the men. So I like that. Kyle, you know, I'm a little worried about Kyle and Amanda because they, we do know that they got married, but it seems like in this series, there's some problems between the two of them. And then Kyle, I also just worry because he gets so drunk. We saw him, he didn't even sleep in the room and he was so mad he didn't get the room which by the way in every season of summer house kyle and amanda always get the best room so i was actually on team not giving them the best room because i feel like they always get the best room and so in this series finally they didn't and i do believe that they're on their way out after a certain point i think they got one more season of summer house in them and then they're married and then like we don't need to see a married couple on summer but there's almost something a little sad and we i do love kyle and amanda you guys they've been on this program i hate to talk shit about them but there is something that's a little sad to me because seeing Kyle get as drunk as he does and seeing grown people get that drunk. And I do know that's something that happens in your twenties. And I'm not saying people in their thirties and their forties can't drink and have a good time and party. However, seeing it the way that it appears on this show with Kyle, just a little bit makes me uncomfortable. I'm not sure why exactly just is a little sad to me. And I know he does it for the show. That's, I think the real thing that makes me sad is like, I don't know that he would be like that without the show. I think Kyle knows that he has to bring some of that drunk energy to the show to save his spot on the show. Because if not, what are they doing? You know, he's getting married, they're settling down, great. So he brings some of that drunk energy, but it's like, okay, you're in your 40s and it feels like behavior in your 20s that you're doing just for the show because I don't know that it's naturally who you are. Does that make sense? Anyway. I love the show. And I love at the end of the show, they were all just making out in the hot tub. It felt like the real world Las Vegas premiere, which was one of the earliest reality TV shows. Remember when there was a threesome in the hot tub with Trishel and Steven and Bryn, and they were just making out. And it was the end of the first episode of the real world Las Vegas. And I remember thinking, this is reality TV, ladies and gentlemen. And so now that's how Winter House is ending. It felt like an homage to the real world Las Vegas. And I like that. I'm excited to see where it goes. And I hope that at some point Austin leaves the house. So I don't have to look at him. (laughs) That's mean of me. Is that mean of me?
Madison, speaking of Madison, Madison, Madison just got engaged to some hot man. I don't know anything about this man, but I did see on Instagram she got engaged to some hottie. And good for him. I'm so proud of her. And I hope that he's on Southern Charm next season because he's good to look at. I'd like to see him without his blouse on because he's much better than Austin. He cheated on her uh, on the show. You know, he had a threesome with two other women. And so now Madison moved on with some hottie and I'm really happy and proud of her. So not only did she break up J-Lo and A-Rod, now she's got engaged. So Madison's really been through the ringer this past year. So I'm excited to see her story unfold on Southern Charm. So we'll see. And it looks like Naomi's back on Southern Charm too. They were filming and Naomi was spotted filming and I'm excited for that. See what happens between her and Craigie. I don't know. Lots going on. I might have to dip back in. You know, I started to want to dip out of Southern Charm, but with Naomi back and maybe a more of a focus on the women again, I might have to hop back in. We'll see. TBD. Uh, you guys, that's the episode. I want to play a little clip of my interview with Ariana Maddox. And we talk a little bit about the Brock and Sheen of it all and the Lala of it all. I interviewed her when just the rumors had come out about Lala and Randall. And I don't know if you guys have been following the story, but it's kind of confusing. And as of this podcast release, I don't even know where we stand exactly. At first, there was like some video of Lala going into a hotel room that she posted on her Instagram account. And then there were all these rumors that Randall was cheating on her with two women in Nashville. And there was these alleged photos of him with these two women. And then it was page six or someone revealed that they were separated. But then there was like an announcement that they weren't actually separated. And then there was an announcement that that announcement was wrong. So I don't know where we all are at now. We'll all have to Google it. Uh, but I had interviewed Ariana right when the news came out. And so we didn't really know much at the time. And I guess we still don't know much. Uh, but the audio on her end is a little screwed up, but it's better on the video version. So that's why I'm just going to play a little clip. And you can go watch the interview at YouTube on youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. Uh, you can find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to pre-order my book, you can get uh, the links in the episode description. Uh, and then we also have Sex in the City recaps available as bonus episodes on the Patreon page. So you can go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. Okay, so that's all we got for today, you guys. I want to leave you with a few moments of my chat with Ariana. And uh, I love you all. Stay safe and tell people you love that you love them. Love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so, luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How are you feeling now that the season's airing? What's it been like? It almost feels like nature is healing that we're like back on. Um, And there's so much fun stuff in this season. And you never know like what you film versus like what's going to be in the show. And I've been watching those like never before seen episodes that come on before and seeing stuff that I was like, oh my gosh, like that wasn't in the main episode, but like, it's so important, you know, like, um, the first episode, it was like I was showing these text messages in my backyard to Lala. And it was very calm, by the way. And I basically like proved her to be a liar. And then the second episode, when I'm at lunch with Lisa, I like talk to her about freezing my eggs and stuff over quarantine. And I talk about like why and, you know, all this stuff. And I was just like, and especially looking ahead to tomorrow's episode with Katie and Schwartz and all the stuff that they're talking about with like their fertility and stuff. I was like, wouldn't you think that that would be important, but. Okay. I want to ask you about this. Can I didn't see that scene, but I did hear about you talking about freezing your eggs. So can you explain to us why for people who haven't seen that deleted scene? I get told by strangers on the internet, like constantly, which is funny because not, not one person in my family has ever made comments to me about getting married or having kids. Not one, never, not even my 92 year old grandmother. But people on the internet seem to love to try to tell me what I can and can't do with my own life, my own body. Um, And one of the things that keeps coming up or kept coming up was, well, you're running out of time. So Tom's going to break up with you soon because he really wants kids, which by the way, he doesn't. His whole thing was that like, if someone told him like he can't do something, that's where he, he doesn't like absolutes in that way of like being told what to do. And honestly, I don't either. So For me, I was like, I have the time because we weren't going anywhere. I could afford to do it. And I felt like, well, I might as well just do this now because, you know, I don't know what's going on in life. And also, I just feel like for me, it's about having control over my life. And I'm really big on being able to do whatever I want, whenever I want, um, and figuring out how to make that happen if there's an obstacle in the way. And so I was like, you know what? I feel like doing this. And so I took agency over my own body and went and just got it done. It was I love that. Easy, but I have to ask you and I understand that probably you don't want to talk about it or or maybe you can't talk about it, but there are all these rumors uh, that something happened with her and Randall. There were uh, reports online that maybe he was photographed with other women in a hotel in Nashville. And then she was uh, videoing herself going into uh, uh, the Beverly Hills hotel. Is there anything you could say about that? Or should we just move on? I think we should just move on. I only know what you know, based on the internet. So. Right. I had to just ask. Of course. Otherwise people would yell at me. They'd say, Danny, why didn't you ask about the Lala Rand? Yeah, no, I mean, I just, I know exactly what you know. So. Right. Do you like Brock? That's a messy question, but how do you feel about Brock? 
Do you I think, like yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I obviously like, I'm not, I'm not engaged to him. Like Sheena is, you know, like I don't have the, Sheena's always like, she's my number one. So like, you know, a lot of the stuff coming up on the show, all these like major red flags about Brock's past and stuff. I mean, they've been together for two years now. So these were things that a lot of her, her friends, AKA like me, um, talked to her about two years ago. And so there's been time to work through that. There's been time to see him kind of proving himself to be who he really is. And I honestly admire his ability to be just be so honest with who he is because that stuff is heavy and for him to just be able to, to talk about it. I I do think that that's great. All this stuff, you know, especially this season, it's like, you know, if something ever happened, if they broke up, like I would be there, you know, I would be there kicking his ass and taking care of her. So Everybody else that seems very concerned that wasn't concerned two years ago is kind of like, okay. Oh, wait. So are you implying Lala is that she, she cares now that the cameras are, but they weren't, they like weren't friends for the last two years. So now all of a sudden it's like they're friends barely. And she wants to come in here. Like she's the knight in shining armor of being Sheena's friend, but her real friends were there the whole, have been the whole time. So do you think it's a genuine concern on her part that because now they are friendly? So now because they've made up and it's a genuine thing, or do you think it's all just for show or, or at the time I did not think it was genuine. Yeah. At the time I definitely thought it was either making up for lost time and overcompensating for not being a friend to her for literally since her and Brock started dating. Um, Or I also thought potentially like how convenient of a time to bring it up. Um, You know, Ariana, at the first episode, there was this whole thing about Lala went on a podcast and said some messy things about you. So, you know, maybe we could get some mess started here. Is there anything messy you want to say about her or anyone else that we can get something going? (laughs) I I, I do love mess. Um, But I was, I mean, she's, I think the most, the easiest person to go for because of like all of our stuff on the, you know, that's happening currently. I know you guys just can't get it together. The two of you. No. Well, she's a mean girl. She's a mean girl. She's a bully who always, when she says something bad about someone, instead of just saying, yeah, I said that I'm sorry. She doubles down on it and then makes the person she was mean to apologize to her. And that is just a little snippet of my interview with Ariana Maddox from Vanderpump Rules. I do apologize that I wasn't able to include the full chat. Unfortunately, we ran into some audio and tech issues, so I apologize that it was choppy. I did my absolute best to include as much of it as I could, and I will also do my best to include as much of it as I can on the YouTube channel. Uh, I want to thank Ariana for taking the time, and I thank you all for your patience and understanding with all of the tech issues. I love you all so much for listening. Watch Vanderpump Rules on Bravo. And uh, stay safe. I love you all. And we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.